Welcome to another episode of Airbnb with D. Today's episode is all about what they don't tell you about corporate leasing. So here are some need to know mandatory pieces of information to make sure that you're approved for your corporate lease agreement, whether it's your first or your second. Remember, every property has a different process, but these guidelines are the same throughout each company. Stay tuned as I dive right in. Corporate leasing is my favorite method by far of getting property, whether it's for my business or myself as the CEO, simply because the approval processes are a lot easier than even a standard traditional application. And believe it or not, sometimes the leasing agents, if you have your business together, they like approving those and processing those a little bit easier uh, than the residential because it's easy to find our information online. With a quick Google search of an LLC, you can see if it's in good standing, how long it's been in good standing, and that gives agents, as risk mitigators for the property, it gives them a peace of mind knowing, okay, at least we're renting this out to a solid business. If they have all of this stuff together, they have to have their funding in order. But the thing about corporate leasing is this, there are so many steps to actually getting that approval. One is actually being a business, right? If you are going to use your per, your business's credit worthiness rather than your personal credit worthiness, then you have to one, be a business and two, have built that business credit. We know that, right? But here's the thing. There are certain properties that will not allow the CEO to live on the property under the corporate lease agreement. You can get another space and live there but you wouldn't be able to get a corporate lease agreement and live there. For an example, Camden Buckhead Properties is one of the properties where they do allow corporate lease agreements, but again, the CEO can't live there. So the person that would have to be your occupant, in this case would be either your registered agent or your employee. So this is what brings us to, you will not get approved for a corporate lease agreement if you do not have an occupant. When you are filling out a regular residential application, the tenant is often, you know, tenant and all applicants or all occupants. You'll see that next to uh, the wording. That's usually in one. Any adult, they're having you fill out a separate application for them and adding them onto the lease agreement. But when you have a corporate lease agreement, you're actually applying on behalf of the company rather than a person. So those companies that do allow corporate lease agreements you're submitting your business's information. Once they run, they run that through and they see, okay, this business is equipped to handle this. So I want you to imagine yourself as a big business. Not just, and we are big business. Let's be very clear. What we're doing is very big business, but I want you to imagine yourself as like a Chase, Chase Bank. And let's say, um, you know, they're bankers, they'll have them travel. And so rather than getting a hotel or expensing hotels, They've decided to, you know, get some type of penthouse at the apartment complex and just reserve that for their employees. So let's think about Chase Bank. When they're coming in and they're getting that under their name, they're always going to have an occupant. The reason why I wanted you to think about a big business is because sometimes when we come, when we think about our business, we think about it with a brain of defeat. And it takes the same amount of effort to worry or believe. 
So someone could be worrying about, well, my business isn't that big. It's just me. I'm the only person. And if you think that way, you'll even limit yourself in your attempts to go and obtain property. When you think about a faithful way, the first question you say is, okay, well, hey, if I'm going to need an occupant, let me find out who that should be now. Whether that's someone you hire, someone in your family that you decide to employ with the company. And the word, the reason why I'm using the word employ is because technically your occupant has to be affiliated with your business. They would have to be recognized as an employee for your business. You can't just pull someone off the street and tell the apartment complex, oh, I just met this person, but I'm just going to go ahead and get an apartment for them under my business because that's typically not the way that a corporate lease agreement should work. So when it comes to the occupant, this person will have to be, and even at properties that do allow the CEO to stay there, if the property allows the CEO to live there, then guess what? You are a-okay. You have absolutely no problems because you can live there. So you yourself would be the occupant then. Your LLC would be the tenant. When it asks you for the information, notice it won't ask you for the social security number for your business, but it will ask you for your EIN and your DUNS number. And this is the application we're talking about. So once you fill that in, you'll have a separate page for your occupant. This is where you or your registered agent or your employee go down. They'll ask in this section for a social security number. So the reason why it's important that we know that is because when you see that, it could be easy to think, are they going to run my social security number? Like what in the world? Absolutely not. And so not only are, is your social not going to be ran, but this is what I tell everyone that I mentor. I tell them to say this. As you're filling out your corporate lease application, I tell them to say, I want to make sure um, that the occupant is not whoever your occupant is, whether it's yourself or whomever. I want to make sure that this occupant's credit is not going to be ran because they're in the process of purchasing a home. So the way that this process is working is that they're my employee, they're staying here under my business, but I want to make sure this isn't going to um, affect them when they move out, um, you know, and I, before I can get another employee into the unit. And so once you tell them that, they'll usually come back to you. I promise you, I've been doing this for years. Oh no, the credit is not even going to be ran, but a background check will be. So the background check is going to be the same thing that everyone that lives there has to go through because this is what you do have to remember. A piece of property that you purchase, while it may be bound to certain local regulations and state regulations, that's your property, your home. But when it comes to apartment living, uh, townhouse, condominium, conjoined living, there is still a duty that that complex has to protect its residents. So they just want to make sure that whomever is going to be the occupant, they could have evictions, bankruptcies, all type of stuff on their credit, but they cannot be a convicted felon. They cannot be uh, someone that harms children. They can't be someone that is a risk to the community that they've already built before your application. So that is why it is so important because I've even had people, and I know this is crazy, but I want to give you this. If you are someone that has a challenged background and have a try to apply at apartment complexes, you know how strict and stringent their process can be when it comes to anyone with a background. I've worked with complexes that were not even lenient for misdemeanors, right? Now, if you're talking about traffic violations, that's a totally different instance. Traffic violations, you are allowed to still live in places and apartment complexes with. 
But again, when it comes to financial fraud, child harm and children, battery, assault, things like that, they are not playing about letting someone like that into the community. So this is why it's important because many of us start businesses as a second chance ourselves, right? We're already in corporate America and we see how little money we can make in corporate. And we're like, wait a minute, if I can make this in corporate, then I know I can make this for myself. But some people have challenged backgrounds. So this is where you would have to have someone already handy. This person has to absolutely know what they're signing up for. Why? Because the occupant will be given keys to the unit as well as to all of the amenities. Even if you're the person to get that, the CEO, right? And let's say you think you're going to have a situation where you'll just get all of the things for the occupant, which you can do as the CEO of the company, and just give them what you want to give them. That's fine, but that occupant can still always take their ID to the leasing office and get an extra key made, um, can add extra things on the lease. There are so many things that that occupant will have the power to do once they are listed on that form. So I felt like this was very important to share with you. I know so many of you all, um, as I've been talking to you, I had so many consultations last week. So many of you are just ready to make this change in your life. Alternatively, there were so many of you that were expecting to get rental assistance that still hasn't been paid out, which is leaving a negative derogatory mark on your personal credit. And you need to move. We have school starting back for the kids, and I completely understand that. So I wanted to make sure this information was out. And as always, more information like this is always available in the Airbnb with the Facebook group for group coaching. The invite-only group is available for access by clicking the link in this episode's description. It'll take you right over to get your access code, and then you can join me live for any questions that come up about filling out your application, getting occupants um, you know, for your company, who those occupants can and can't be. And just to give you a practical example, an occupant has been my little sister before because my little sister works with my company. So even though she's someone so close, she's still an employee of my company. And so it works out, you see? So don't get too stressed out about it. But you also want to make sure, this is what I didn't tell them, okay? This is my last little tidbit before I go. What I didn't do was walk in and say, yeah, this is my little sister. She works for my company. Absolutely not. It helped that we had different last names. So I still walked in and treated her like an employee, was very not distant and cold with her, but very professional with her so that the leasing agent saw that interaction and further just made the process easier for me. As always, it has been such a pleasure speaking to you all. I hope to see you in the Airbnb with the Facebook group so that we can discuss more relevant topics to get you approved and hosting. Earning extra income with Airbnb is simple. Sometimes it's the accountability that we need. If you're someone that is looking to start your first Airbnb or scale to your 10th, then get involved in my Airbnb accountability community. This group is available to you by clicking the link in the episode's description. Once you gain access to the invite-only community, you are free to ask questions 24-7. Yes, that means that when you're afraid of that guest review, or maybe you have questions about Airbnb support, Me, as well as other coaches, are there to help you succeed. So, what are you waiting on? I look forward to meeting you in the community.